Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself the more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. 
You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God bless America. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless America. Exactly. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. So today is October 4th. Uh, pretty hot for a first Monday, isn't it? It's super hot. So hot that we're on fire. We are so on fire. So I had a couple conversations uh, with people and actually a very good friend of mine <laughs> who always gives me good advice, gives me a lot of crap too, and says, Tori, why are you going scorched earth? Fight one battle at a time at the courts. And I said, what are you talking about? So let me make this clear. When we started filing those federal lawsuits about the masks, it wasn't just about the masks. Nationwide, as you can see, parents are not afforded rights to protect their kids. Remember, we had in the Senate where, uh, you know, he asked the secretary of education that I played for you a, a week or so ago. Well, don't parents have a say in their children? And what did he say? Nothing. He skirted that. And now in some states, I think it's New York, they've started not handing over babies if the parents aren't vaccinated, uh, sending letters in the state of Illinois to parents that have homeschool children to say, we're concerned about the health and safety of your child, considering that you are not vaccinated. If you are, please ignore this message. If you are not, or not, please ignore this message, please respond to this with a proof of vaccination. The whole point here is, can we represent our kids? And that is a very big deal. <laughs> In my case, I can't lose. I can get a lawyer if I need to. But what I need to do is segue it the right way. Segue it the right way so we have a win for the parents, not just for my kid. It's not just about my kid. 
my kid's old enough and she's got a big mouth. So she can actually stand up for herself. But what about the children that are five, six, seven, zero, ten, eleven, where they really don't have a voice? They're not considered children that can say what they can or cannot do. That is the question. The fact that there is such disgusting case law out there saying that parents cannot represent their kids is a very, very, very big deal. And today, um, you know, obviously, because uh, I'm representing myself, right, I can record the case so that way I can take notes. I can tell you, <laughs> I'm not going to play it, even though there's court recording, but I can tell you um, those that sat with me and listen to portions of it. Some are attorneys, uh, some are just government workers, per se. Um, because, you know, what was weird. On the phone call, there were four people on the line. Only two people stated who they were. One was the judge and one random. And then some other person comes on the line. He's the court reporter, which was really bizarre. <laughs> because the other person was never asked who they are. We all know who they are. So... Here's the deal. The judge throughout the whole hour and somewhat was spanking me. He was upset that I dropped off 3,000 pages to be filed. And not only that, he didn't even upload to the docket all the affidavits because he's like, you can't do this. Lawyers don't do that. This is why, you know, pro se's aren't allowed in the court. I kid you not. He yelled at me. He put me in my place. Uh, you know, telling me I was not phased. I said, well, no, uh, this is of importance. This is a federal case. We're making case law here, okay? And these are all parents that demand to have rights and their constitutional rights have been violated and affected. So he understood, but he's like, oh, he was just so pissed that there were so many. And he actually said, you told my clerk that if you don't have the electronic access to upload your documents as a pro se, that, you know, uh, you've just spent this money. Someone's going to have to pay for it. And he laughed. And I'm like, you're laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. Because that's, you know, $1,000, you know, that you don't get back. And you're not even going to upload it. You're just going to put a note saying, oh, if anybody wants to see them, you can come to the court. Fuck that. You need to put that shit up there. Now, the whole discussion was because the school board wanted to dismiss the case. So the first discussion was timing. And it's like, no, you delayed. This is this is where you stand your ground. You delayed me electronic filing access. I was away. I came the next day. But if we want to do it like that, I can only get mail. Well, then his question was, you have three different emails. You have one for Pacer, one that you communicate with my clerk, and one on the documents. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to put my private email address where everyone's just going to pull it. I'm going to have an email address where it's correspondence, right? The one that I talk to your clerk is that. My Pacer, it's my work one. It's a torysays.com one. So obviously, since I already have Pacer, why not give me access to that? It makes no sense. So he was really, really upset, you know, of that. You know, oh, we need, because he was just upset. Because he didn't, he, he felt, you know, and he kept reinforcing how lawyers, da, da, da. And I said, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. Because the First Amendment says that I can redress my grievances and this is the people's court. Nowhere does it have a stipulation that I should be of a certain wealth or that I have to have a juris doctorate and be a practicing attorney in order to redress my grievances. Nowhere. He's like, I'm not saying you can't, right, uh, represent yourself. He was walking back a few things. He seems like a nice judge. 
But all he did was scold me. Um, he was giving guidance, but in a scolding way. Um, but it's okay. I'm fine with that because here's what happened. The lawyers, there were four lawyers to this case. Only one turned up because they were sure it was going to get thrown out. Now he has to go back to his firm and say, yeah, we can't throw it out. Because he, the mistake they made in their motion to dismiss was that it was not clear that I'm representing myself and my child, right? And that's the key. It's me and my child. We're both affected. Contact tracing affects the parents too. This is why all the other cases are going to be amending theirs too. Contact tracing affects the parent too. Because if your child gets isolated, right, that means your family's data is on now with the health department. And they have now involuntarily compelled you to take part of a healthcare system. Now, I want you guys to understand this. This is beyond just the masks. The masks are one. When I said, okay, I'm going to do this fight, not because it's going to affect my kid. <laughs> Seriously? It's because there aren't a lot of parents out there that can do this. <clears throat> when you're going to want a lawyer, no one's going to represent you. Why? Because <laughs> it's like, no, no. Uh-uh. So they're not going to do it. So today during the discussion, after being spanked and him yelling at me, I said, you know, parents are outraged nationwide. Parents should have the right to represent their kid. This is appalling. He goes, oh, I understand the feelings. Nee, 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 nee. And, and, and he's like, and I was like, listen, we're not going to debate the science because everybody has their own truth. We need to stick to the law. And the law says I can't be compelled to participate in a healthcare system. It also clearly states that if it affects me directly or indirectly, you're still compelling me. It's still against my constitution. I mean, right now, these are unprecedented times. So yes, the whole nation is up in arms because when has it been that we have people in elected office and then the nice lawyers that are representing the school board violating constitutional rights as if it's null and void because they said so with whatever power they have. And, you know, <laughs> it was quite funny because there were points that I was laughing. <laughs> but the bottom line is right now these lawyers have to come back and respond to my amended complaint to explain how the Constitution doesn't apply because there's no other out. There is no other out. The mask is what they use to determine the contact tracing. If your kid's not wearing a mask, mask right? It'll be quarantined. Your whole family will have to go with their, because it didn't wear a mask, right? So they're all linked together. Goes back down then to the vaccines, all right? So this is what's very important. And all the states are looking, and I even told the judge. I said, you, were, you dismissing my TRO was cited in a case in Louisiana and also cited in some random person's case. I think it was in New Mexico. It wasn't one of our people. So it's like, so everybody's watching. So, of course, they're going to respond with evidence of having their rights violated because we're making case law here. That's going to be used in other states like it already has. So I was very assertive. Um, you know, I was chatting um, while I was on with a, a bunch of um, people. It was quite hilarious, um, the whole 
scenario, right? I was just, I, the only thing I was expecting was for him to be like, hussy. No, his assistant called me a hussy. He even said, well, you might be brighter than me. And I'm like, what? And then he was saying, you're talking um, something over me that I don't, I'm not over him, but it's like, you know, whatever. He was just, it was, it was bizarre, but here's what happened. They are going to be filing a response to my amended complaint within the next 14 days. After that, I have 14 days to respond to that. And then after that, they get seven days to respond to that. So that's where it's going right now. And um, uh, what else? Um, he's going to give me access. And he was like, if you upload, and it's like, you know what the first thing I'm going to upload is? The stuff that should have been scanned by the clerk. I just spent money and gave it to him. That shit should be part of the record. And I don't care who you think you are, but the bottom line is the rules of the court are the rules of the court. Rules of the court are the rules of the court. You know what would be funny? If someone from another state, maybe a couple people called the court and said, I want to look at the documents that aren't on there. Why aren't they on there? It's illegal. Why aren't they on PACER? I want to be able to see the case. I want to see them all. And if they're like, oh, you know, they're here for viewing. Yeah, I'm in another state. Doesn't work. Upload them. That's that's against the law. Like this isn't the rules of the court are the rules of the court. So, you know, if by any chance, you know, tomorrow a few people from other states call to find out the status of the case and say, hey, why are there documents missing? We need to be able to see it. I guess that'll put a little bit of pressure that I'm sorry, your clerk has to do it. And I even told him, hey, you should have given me electronic filing access because then I wouldn't have to give him 3000 pages and I wouldn't be out a grand. That was the whole point. I was waiting for you to give me access. <clears throat> so, so that's where it went. So basically, it hasn't been thrown out. It's not going to be thrown out. <laughs> We're definitely going to win this one. Uh, because at least in Ohio, we have that law. And here's the thing. Uh, there were a lot of walkbacks by the judge when he was making statements because he knows that, that that will be overturned in the 6th District. So this was all recorded by the court recorder, every single word, every single time he scolded me, uh, the, the way of professionalism, what he was saying, how he was maneuvering, everything, everything. So um, it was quite fascinating to watch how, uh, you know, when I interrupted to say something, it was rude. But when the lawyer did, it was like, oh, go ahead, please say something. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So he gets to say something because why? Because he's a lawyer. Are you saying this isn't the people's court? I drilled that in. I think I did a pretty okay job. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think I did great because I, it wasn't dismissed. And this is, this is it. You know, this is it. If, if I pass that, we're golden because now I've just put both of them in the box. And mind you, no one wanted to discuss the constitution at all. That was like being totally like sideways. Nobody wants to talk about it. And it's like, and I was like, I don't want to talk about science. We're not talking science. We're talking law. You can't inject emotional shit on the law. That's the way it is. The law. What does the law say? The law says this. And I even said to him, I don't care what law rule or arbitrary power someone has. The constitution trumps it all. And if protected rights under the Ohio state constitution, the federal constitution are violated, that's a problem. Pretty much. That's it.
So there's no debating and trying to interpret if constitutional, uh, you know, uh, protected rights are rights or not. It is what it is. And they've got no leg to stand on, you know. So um, that's basically it. So finito on that one, right? So in the next 14 days, I should be able to see uh, what their response is and how they're going to argue. They can't argue the Constitution, so they're going to try to push on the standing, and they can't because the, the Constitution of the state of Ohio provides me the right to do that under Article 1, Section 21. So, you know, this is big boy war, right? When they want to fuck with you, right, big people, politicians, big companies, what do they do? They lawfare you to the ground. I'm living proof, okay? I was taken and dragged through the mud for questioning for, for the attorney general with secret subpoenas over 300 bucks that were mine, mine, not anybody else's, mine that was determined. And then not only was I fucked through the courts by four different judges, but then they wanted me to pay the attorney general for fucking my life up and slandering me. After everything, that fake fucking Valor shit was adjudicated. It's fake. It's not hers. This isn't hers. This isn't hers. This isn't hers. And in the end, they stick me with his fucking bill. So I'm going to pay him so he could give my life a colonoscopy and violate my rights, get my bank records, educational records, health records, you name it, tap my house, and I'm going to pay him too. That's exactly what happened to me. Exactly what happened to me. That's why I threatened that little boy Sather. Say it again that I did the, 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 the fucking stolen valor, you little shit. That's adjudicated in court already. I will fucking sue the shit out of you just so that you can't sell fucking smoothies. Anybody says that, they won't be able to be selling socks. Nothing. I will own their socks because I'm tired of that bullshit. I've been lawfared like crazy. So it's time to lawfare them because, you know, the only way we escape tyranny is by taking a few steps, like I said last week. And one of those steps is to protect an institution that supports you. And what is that? The judicial branch. It may be corrupt. It may be whatever, but it's the only one we can hold accountable. The only one we can actually hold accountable is the judicial branch. We cannot hold any other branch easily accountable. Can we hold the legislative branch accountable? No, those, those people are like slip, slip, you know, they slip through your hands more than a mudded pig in a pen. Okay. Executive, how, how do we hold Biden accountable for crimes? See, but judicial, you fuck up. You work outside of the scope of Article 3, you lose because it's about the law. And that shit's black and fucking white. There is no gray area or I'm too powerful, fuck you. There's, you're screwed. Kind of like Arizona Supreme Court screwed themselves with what they did, which was fantastic because they gave us a segue for SCOTUS. So this is what has to be done. So amazing news, right? Because... This is a big win, regardless if it's a, like a full win or not. This is a big win. If I wanted to win, all I had to do was get, you know, Russell to file an appearance or something and say, here I am representing Phoebe, fuck you. We didn't need to do that because that's not the battle I want to fight right now. The battle I want to fight is to make sure that parents can represent their kids. Okay. Parents need to be able to have the right to represent their kids. And I, I already know that if they come back with standing and I find myself in a really big pickle, which I doubt, I'll file a quick cross motion and say, Hey, 
Judge, you say that she can't, I can't represent her civil rights. That's fine. You appoint an attorney, not an ad litem. You, the court, pay for a fucking lawyer so my kid can have civil liberties. Or else you're telling me because I'm poor, I can't, my kid has no civil liberties. You see how that works? So this is how you put people on a box and then you drop them in. You just let false bottom. You're, you're in. So this is what we have to do. So, you know, since this is federal court, this applies nationwide. This is why in Louisiana, the TRO was thrown out, citing my TRO being thrown out, which was very, very quick of him to do. But hey, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> we got this. So now, now, now we just have to see how we're going to move this along and uh, get this uh, done in one for the parents. That's what we have to do. Because remember, the masks are the nothing step. That's the distraction, right? The masks are what they use as a guidance to if you're contact trace and quarantine, which means your whole family is now on a map labeled as sick. Then that means the health department has the right to enter your home and say, you're sick, you're not vaccinated, I'm taking your fucking kid. See, this is... This is the crazy stuff that people don't see. They're coming for the kids. And this is where they messed up. All these stupid idiots didn't get it. You don't mess with someone's kids. You don't mess with someone's livelihood. And hell, you don't mess with anybody's grandkids. Because that's two times your kid, right? So this is where they messed up. Because this is how we change things. Now... In other news, right, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. What is going on with social media? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. See, what people need to understand is this blackout has nothing to do with, um, President Trump's in a fucking bunker and shit. Whoever's telling you that shit is a loser, okay? A whistleblower came out. Um, which I knew was going to be coming out. I mean, they came out earlier. Remember, this is about the Capitol riot, right? But this is a Facebook whistleblower. Oh, stop. So this is the real story. Here you go. Scathing accusations from a former Facebook executive about how the company handles hate content and misinformation. The whistleblower, Frances Hogg, is a former product manager at Facebook. She's set to testify before Congress tomorrow on how she says the company put profits over public safety. Hagen telling CBS's 60 Minutes that Facebook knows its platform is being used to spread hate and encourage violence. But when given the choice between the public good and the company's bottom line, Facebook looked after its own interests. One of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Oh, bottom line, Haugen also accused Facebook of contributing to the climate that led to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Why? She says that after the 2020 election, the company reversed some of its own safeguards against election disinformation. They told us we're dissolving civic integrity. Like they basically said, oh good, we, we made it through the election. There wasn't riots. We can get rid of civic integrity now. 
Fast forward a couple months, we got the insurrection. And when they got rid of civic integrity, it was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they're willing to actually invest what needs to be invested. Sorry, I paused the video. I apologize. So here we go. So as this woman is telling you, hey, we're not using the Ministry of Truth now because we stole the election. So now we can just turn it on so we can do this. Now, what she's she's talking from is the point, hey, we need the ministry of truth, the civic integrity, that we don't allow lies and things we don't approve to be on, but Facebook let it happen anyway, right? So it's their fault the Capital Six happened because they allowed divisive information to be out there. Hmm. <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Tell me how you think this is going to this is going to roll out. So so far she's upset that the Ministry of Truth is not allowed to operate on Facebook, she says, which it does. So if the Ministry of Truth is not allowed to operate on Facebook and she's upset and she's being embraced by CNN in 60 minutes, what's going on here? I want you to think of it. I want you to think what is going on here. Just take a think while you listen to her. To keep Facebook from being dangerous. As soon as the election was over, they turned them back off or they changed the settings back to what they were before to prioritize growth over safety. And that really feels like a betrayal of democracy to me. Growth over safety. CNN chief media correspondent Brian Stelter has been following this story. And Brian, you know, this is really the latest in, the seri in a series with Facebook, right? Where they know about the damage, the, the disinformation being shared online and, and don't do anything about it. Or in this case, it seems hid that information. And, and that's why there are so many comparisons this morning to big tobacco, to mm. decades ago when big tobacco companies were revealed to have known their products were addictive and deadly. Now, of course, Facebook rejects those comparisons, but they're going to keep coming up because the whistleblower is testifying before, before a Senate subcommittee tomorrow. So she will be speaking out on Capitol Hill, and she's already lined up uh, a chance to testify in the United Kingdom as well. So what we have in this situation is an insider saying what so many of Facebook's outside critics have been saying for years. Now you have someone who was on the inside, who was working as a product manager, working on misinformation, trying to combat Facebook's problems. She came to conclude that Facebook was not gonna do so, that the situation was getting worse. And as you see on screen there, her lawyers have filed eight complaints, at least eight complaints with the SEC. Of course, the government agency that regulates the financial markets. So what she is charging is that what Facebook says in public is a lie compared to what she knows in private. She's also the person who leaked all those documents to the Wall Street Journal and provided all this evidence uh, that Facebook knows about the flaws of its platforms. Now, I interviewed Nick Clegg yesterday. He's one of the top spokespeople for Facebook. And, and essentially, he advances the argument that no social media platform is perfect, but we are trying our best. Here's a part of what Clegg told me. I think this is a good example of the company doing exactly what I hope people would expect we should do, which is not pretending that everything is perfect on social media. It isn't. Researching where the, there are the minority of instances where it's not working out right for people and then trying to, to, to fix it as much as we can on our own apps. So what you hear there is Clegg saying, you know, most people have a good experience on Facebook and Instagram. And for the people who don't, we're trying to improve that. We're trying to fix that. I think the, the broader question, though, is when there's a product so addictive that's warping our brains and minds mm -hmm. that is used by billions of people, yeah. is it bigger than anyone can control? Has the Ha. There we go. 
Now I told you what the big problem is. Pay attention. She's testifying against Facebook for making money and not keeping it safe. She's not only testifying in the United States, but she's testifying in the United Kingdom. So what is it ultimately? Put your little thinking caps on. What is it ultimately that their goal will be? What is Obama trying to get a hold of? Hmm? That's a problem. So now, suddenly, suddenly this blackout happens. Oh, uh-oh. Why? Oh, let me guess. They were attacked. Kind of like the way, you know, the Office of Management and Personnel in the United States was hacked, kept quiet for six months while someone had every single military, federal, and state record of employment with all their details, right? Huh. No. It was them taking it down and scrubbing. Now, it's super important that people understand and circle back to the statements that I've made over the years, which is, are you a spectator or a participant? Because right now you're watching the old gods fighting the new gods and you're fucking in the middle. This is basically what's going on. So I'm going to continue with this because Settler just told you it's about control. They want to control. The monster become too big for Facebook to control. It's an important question. Brian Selter, appreciate it as always. Uh, Joining us now is Lisa Banks. She's an employment and whistleblower attorney who has represented several high-profile clients, including Stephen Sun, the former Capitol Police Chief, and former HHS whistleblower Dr. Rick Bright. Uh, Lisa, it's good to have you with us this morning. Based on your experience, what happens next here? Hmm. Well, I think the the whistleblower will continue to um, expose what she perceives to be wrongdoing, and she'll do that uh, to Congress. Uh, she'll do that through the SEC, uh, and will continue, in all likelihood, to continue doing it through the media as well. Did Facebook, a big picture here, by having this information internally and, and not sharing it, you know, including with filings with the SEC, I mean, did Facebook break any laws here? It's possible that that would be the basis of her SEC filing, which is that what Facebook was saying publicly uh, to Congress, to regulators, to the public uh, was false and it was misleading to investors. And that can be a violation of SEC laws and regulations. And so um, that is the basis of her SEC filing. Uh, we know there are a number of, of filings uh, to the SEC, as, as you pointed out, we just talked about. She is set to testify before Congress tomorrow. In terms of also providing these documents to the media, is that generally what you would also advise a client to do um, to make sure that this information gets out? I mean, how, how, how important and how wise is that part of what we're seeing? Well, it's risky to do it, for sure. Um, when you reveal information to government agencies, the SEC, Congress, that's generally protected. But when you go to the press, when you give the Wall Street Journal thousands of documents, um, that's a little riskier. But sometimes it's necessary um, Mm. because what a whistleblower is trying to do is expose serious wrongdoing in the hopes that change can be affected. And if you go to the SEC or sometimes even to Congress, you're not assured that that 
information will get out that yeah. the you know you want to shine a light on this uh and sometimes going through the media is the the best and the only way to do that so it Listen, often it often is a, a necessary step for whistleblowers i mean we saw that in the trump administration for instance you know concerns that it, following the internal process could be partisans and you saw folks who then went outside that process my question to you big picture is are whistleblower laws written to sufficiently protect uh, whistleblowers like this from from criminal prosecution? Well, depending on where they bring the information. Mm -hmm. So obviously she's protected in going to the SEC, for example. She may not be protected in going to the Wall Street Journal. And right. it's entirely conceivable that Facebook will bring some sort of civil action against her, breach of a... Mm -hmm. Uh, non-disclosure agreement or misappropriation of trade secrets or something mm. like that. Um, but just because they can doesn't mean they should. Right. They, they may make their own judgment about uh, public profile, public relations on that issue beyond the law. Lisa Banks, so good to have you on. Oh, so now that you heard the rest of it, so what's really going on? We have a whistleblower that CNN and 60 Minutes have embraced that said, well, you know, the only thing we have is the media because there's nothing really. She's just going to duke it out in the courts. Well, do whistleblower laws really protect whistleblowers? Thank you. Thank you. Are you seeing how this works? Do you see how this works? Because that whistleblower seems to be protected, not fired. Why? <laughs> Mm, infiltration versus invasion. So let's take a look at real whistleblowers with stuff that we actually care about right now. We already know the problems with Facebook, but they're upset that they're not quashing free speech. So they need someone to take care of it because we need free speech to be quashed. Ooh, ooh. you just messed up. Pre-order now at AmericanMuckRaker.com. The actual virus, so your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Nick Carl is an experienced biochemist at Pfizer with a history of working in the pharmaceutical industry. Nick admits to our undercover journalist that those who've had COVID have stronger immunity than those who've received the Pfizer COVID vaccine. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus. Because what the vaccine is, is like I said, that protein, so that's just on the outside. So it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of virus. And not only just like the outside portion, like the inside portion, the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. But don't take his word for it. Two other Pfizer scientists echo the same sentiment. So I'm well protected, like as much as the vaccine. Same? Probably more. How so? Like how much more? You're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response. We're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than 
than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this in public. If you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. I mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation. We're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. You don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or like big pharma. Um, I, even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like, who's listening? I specifically have like, oh God, I, I signed the NDAs against this. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of shit. Needs to be registered the people who aren't vaccinated. That's sounding very dirty. I'm gonna go door to door and stab everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shot. Don't get vaccinated. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking it. They are not reported because they want to show it on the, the map. Oh, yeah. I signed NDAs against this. Uh, so your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. You're not wearing a wire, right? <laughs> Our next installment in the series exposing Big Pharma will feature multiple releases inside one of the nation's largest COVID vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer. The series features not one, not two, but three scientists within Pfizer talking to one of our undercover journalists, making stunning admissions about the COVID vaccine and the culture inside of Pfizer. Like, we're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than than actually getting COVID. That's like, like, honestly, we have to we have to do so many seminars on this. Like, no idea. Like, we have to like sit there for hours and hours and listen to like be like you cannot like talk about this in public. Yeah, logically though, like if you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. Like, and just be like, I don't know, maybe potentially that doesn't seem that crazy i had covid and i okay. have monster immunity yeah. after eight months so i just got checked last month yeah. for antibodies i mean that's no worries same thing with my brother so should i get the vaccine wait so when if your immunity starts to wane then get vaccinated so i'm well protected yeah. like as much as the vaccine probably more how so? Like how much more? I mean, so when we came out with, so right now we're seeing an increase in the Delta variant, mostly not because of the variant, because of immune, they're, basically their antibodies are waning. Um, so they're, they're still protected, but not at that 95% efficacy. It's more like 70%. So you're being, you're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. 
So, I mean, they're trying to get their numbers, but still, you shouldn't have to show anything, which is basically, in my opinion, a, a violation of HIPAA. They, no one has the right to ask you if you've been vaccinated or so. It's an invasion of privacy. I, I don't agree with it. So. Nick's take on these social mandates would seem to run contrary to his sentiment on antibody immunity. This isn't the first time we've heard the sentiment from a scientist with one of these companies. How do we get the unvaccinated vaccinated? I feel like what they're doing, like, for instance, like the city needs like vax cards and everything. It's just like about making it so inconvenient for like unvaccinated people to the point where they're just like, it, okay. you know? What do you mean? Like, if you are restricting people that are unvaccinated from doing anything, and then, like, vaccinated people are allowed to do anything they want, eventually they, they're just going to be like, let me just get vaccinated. I mean, you have multiple companies that were basically given a crap ton of money to produce vaccines, and they're pushing them. So what happens to the monoclonal, monoclonal antibody treatments? Push to the side. Why? Money. It, it's disgusting. You're not wearing a wire, right? <laughs> Want to check? <laughs> I mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation because it comes down to profits in the end. And I mean, I'm there to help people, not to make millions and millions of dollars so i mean that, that's the moral dilemma billions and billions i'm trying to be nice <laughs> no yes. i hear you i hear you i, I do mean, i mean I'll, I'll still give you a hard time about it basically our organization is run on covid money now how so like it netted like over 15 billion last year Chris Croce is a senior associate scientist with Pfizer. He goes on to explain a test that is currently taking place at Pfizer, not to determine the effectiveness, but to see if it is leading to heart attacks. I'm glad you didn't get any uh, myocarditis. Yeah. That's a concern, right? Yeah. More so for younger people. Why? That's what we're looking into right now. Oh, that, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're during we just sent like 3,000 patient samples mm -hmm. to get tested for like elevated troponin levels yeah. um, to see if it's vaccine based or so what's it look we're, like we're, I don't know but I mean, we just sent that over this past week right. and the last batch will be sent over next week all external testing. We'll see. Hopefully it's good. Because, well, no. I mean, if not, then, my opinion, that might pull something from the market. If the scientists believe that the antibody works more effectively than the vaccines, it begs the question, what's with all the federal mandates, regardless of what the data says? There's ears and eyes everywhere. What do you mean? Yeah, Pfizer, like, in the building. Uh -huh. So it's kind of just like, you don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or, like... Um, I, even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like 
who's listening. These expressed views run contrary to the current public policy affecting millions of people. If you're on the inside of the pharmaceutical company, contact us at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. And stay tuned. We have a hidden camera footage of executives at Pfizer. It's a hard Code yellow. Code yellow. I don't know what that means. Code yellow. Code yellow. Oh, dear. Is she upset that the media, now they have codes for media when they get called? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crimes against humanity, you guys. This was all orchestrated to enslave us. It has nothing to do to get you better. I mean, the whole mask mandates in school and the stupid plexiglass. I, I was returning an alarm system my daughter sent me to pick up at Best Buy, right, yesterday. And when I walked in to exchange because you know when it was updating I unplugged it so yeah that was done so I went to exchange it and said yeah it's not working but when I walked in there's this guy standing at a booth with a plexiglass and a mask and I'm like hey does that make you feel safe and I just kept on walking it's like it's ridiculous right the little plexiglass squares it's all to keep us distanced from each other to make the threat real right Oh, it's real. Look, everyone's dying. Well, so many people are dying, but the healthcare companies are fine with firing, you know, more than 30% of their staff, right? For not getting the vaccine. Totally makes sense. We're in the need of nurses and doctors, but we're going to fire most of them because, you know, we're in a pandemic. Stop it. It was all intended to control and you could see it because they were coming for the kids. So I just shared something on Telegram. I'm going to share it with you guys right now on the screen. Um, Justice Department. The Justice Department immediate release. Adding an increase in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school board members, teachers, workers in our nation's public schools today. Attorney General Merrick Garland directed the FBI and U.S. Attorney's offices to meet in the next 30 days with federal, state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement leaders to discuss strategies for addressing this disturbing trend. <laughs> they haven't seen shit yet. These sessions will be open, dedicated lines of communications for threat reporting, assessment, and response by law enforcement. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Counter to your nation's core values is violating constitutional rights. Uh, you know, uh, counter to our nation's core values is forcing them to be ashamed of their skin color. Hmm. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. Well, then they should go the fuck home. And maybe they should just do their job. Their job is to teach. Their job is not to educate children on how they need the vaccine. It's not their job to educate children on how, because they're white, right, they should repent and kiss the feet of those that are not white. Are you kidding? Next. According to the Attorney General's memorandum, the Justice Department will launch a series of additional efforts in the coming days designed to address the rise in criminal conduct. Directed, hold on. Let me pull it up. I didn't even pull it up for you guys. Damn it. 
directed towards school personnel. Those efforts are expected to include the creation of a task force. So we're paying for this, consisting of representatives from the department's criminal division, national security division, civil rights division, (laughs) the executive office for U.S. attorneys, the FBI, the Community Relations Service, and Office of Justice Program to determine how federal enforcement tools can be used to prosecute these crimes and ways to assist state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement where threats of violence may not constitute federal crimes. The Justice Department will also create a specialized training and guidance for local school boards and school administrators. This training will help school board members and other potential victims understand the type of behavior that constitutes threat, how to report threatening conduct to the appropriate law enforcement agencies, and how to capture and preserve evidence of threatening conduct to aid in the investigation and prosecution of these crimes. Threats of violence against school board members, officials, and workers in our nation's public schools can be reported by the public to the FBI's National Threat Operations Center by its national tip line and online through FBI website to ensure that threats are communicated to the appropriate authorities. The NTOC will direct credible threats to FBI field offices for coordination with the U.S. Attorney's Office and law enforcement partners as appropriate. Reporting threats of violence through NTOC will help the federal government identify increased threats in specific jurisdictions, as well as coordinated widespread efforts to intimidate educators and education workers. Now, what is that telling us? Hmm. So the FBI is pretty much claiming that you have no rights to defend your kids. If if they feel threatened, have you ever heard someone feel threatened on the phone? Here's me. Every time I travel, only on the way back, my debit card doesn't work. So I'm, I need to get water right before I get on the plane to come home. And just then my card decides it's not going to work. It's declined. I call my bank and I'm like, damn it. Every single time I travel, you guys are constantly blocking my card only when I'm on the way home. Never while I'm traveling and going wherever, only when I'm going home. What the fuck? I feel threatened. I'm going to discontinue this call. You see where I'm going with this? So now we have to walk on eggshells while they violate our rights and tell us that they own our kids. For those of you that have your kids homeschooled, don't think this is going back, right? You're the first ones they're coming for. You're the first ones they're coming for because you're a smaller demographic in a school district. So you are the first ones they're coming for. Now, how do we deal with this? One step at a time. But you know what? at least for us, we're not concerned about that. We're using the courts. We're using our voices the right way. And that's how you fix things. We don't have to go in there guns a-blazing when they don't let us walk in to get our kid or they tell us, hey, so you can't have your kid because you're not vaccinated. Um, Or it's a kind of a dangerous environment if your kid's here. So, um, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So our pens are our weapons. That's all we need. Now, let's circle back to Facebook, okay? Let's circle back to Facebook. Now, Facebook is down among because of whistleblower allegations. Do you think it's because of that whistleblower allegations or the ones that are coming from Project Veritas and everything else that's just about to go down this month? I mean, it's just a question. Just a question. What data is being scrubbed? 
which one's being hacked and what's being collected and what new algorithms are now being deployed. Welcome back to Yahoo Finance Finance Live. We are looking at an ugly day in the markets on this Monday with the Dow now down more than 400 400 points. The Nasdaq, the biggest laggard on the day, down about two and a half percent here as we see a rotation out of tech. And Jared, I know you've been watching the market action very closely here. Facebook just getting hit today, not just because of the tech sell off, but because of the news that's been coming out, uh, particularly around this whistleblower. Yes. And I'm going to add a third thing to that list, which is that Instagram and Facebook are suffering outages. Uh, as many as 20,000 people reported uh, this on Down Detector. Anytime that happens, you'll see the stock take a small hit. But let's go to the Wi-Fi Interactive because this is a big one. Uh, Facebook down over 5% doesn't happen that often. Uh, it's the biggest hit this, talk, this stock has taken since late October of last year. So almost the worst day in one year. And I think the woes for tech in general today, and especially the mega caps, as you noted, a lot of these other stocks in the NASDAQ 100 are red or dark red. That's something to it. But the whistleblower commentary, uh, somebody who comes forward and uh, names themselves as a whistleblower, they put a face to that. Suddenly, the story gets ratcheted up in the national uh, conscious. And I think there is something to be said uh, for that story leading to the negative price action, or at least contributing to part of it that we're seeing today. Um, in general, we're seeing a bad day for tech. So let's check in on the semiconductor space, seeing a lot of weakness there. And NVIDIA, one of the uh, leaders in that space, that stock is down 5%, applied materials down over 3%, and seeing something similar in software. We're seeing Adobe down 4%, uh, Atlassian over 3.5%, CrowdStrikes, that that uh, cybersecurity firm down 5%. So I've been tracking the weakness in not only semiconductors, but also software over the last week or two. That's when they started rolling over and that's just continuing. And it kind of feeds into the bond market here. I'm gonna go over to the 10 year T-note yield and just uh, get an update on what's happening today. We saw it up as many as three basis points earlier. It's up one basis point now, but that usually lights a fire under the value stocks, energy and financials uh, and the back, uh, the stocks that take a backseat are those growth stocks. So a couple more screens here. We do, I do want to check out the banking sector. Uh, and this is the energy. So we'll get to banking in a minute. Exxon is up more than 1%. By the way, crude oil, I'm looking at it. It is up 3% to the highest level uh, that we've seen since 2014. I'll be uh, doing a deep dive on the energy market at 2.30 p.m. today. And as promised, I do want to check out the banking sector before we go. So that has slipped. A lot of these stocks slipped into the red. JP Morgan down just slightly, but on this burst here close to the open, it did record a record high, one of the few that I saw today. So interesting sector action. I will leave it to that. And you can Mm -hmm. see only energy and utilities now in the green, Akiko. Yeah. And speaking of energy, of course, that getting a bump from uh, what we've heard from OPEC plus that they're going to be sticking to the agreement uh, to pump out 400,000 barrels per day in November. In November, because, you know, too many of those Biden stickers saying I did that. So wait, there's more. (laughs) Wait, we need to hear what the chief technical officer of Facebook had to say in regards to their outages. News on Facebook, Julia Boston. Facebook responding to the latest on the outages, 
saying in a tweet um, from CTO Mike Schrepfer saying, sincere apologies to everyone impacted by outages of Facebook powered services right now. We are experiencing networking issues and teams are working as fast as possible to debug and restore as fast as possible. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp have been down for much of the day today. Now, the New York Times is reporting that Facebook has dispatched a small team to one of its California data centers to try to manually reset its servers in an attempt to fix the problem. So seems like Facebook is trying to address uh, a very big issue on a day when there are a lot of other negative headlines about the company, guys. Julie, do we know if yeah, they have lot, their lot. own service? Sorry, Sarah, is that is that run by them or is it outsourced to a Microsoft or a, or a Google or or an Amazon? So Facebook does manage its own servers, and the and it is a big enough company that it's not uncommon for um, for a company to be managing its own technical infrastructure like this. So I'm just going through the latest on this, and there have been a lot of questions about whether maybe this was the result of a hack. A number of people said that it's not. The CEO of Cloudflare tweeting saying that there didn't seem to be anything um, that was problematic from a hacking perspective, but that the problem was likely with the Facebook servers that were not letting people connect. So obviously a huge problem for Facebook, global outages for its three major platforms. Julia, thank you. What really caused the outages? What is it that happened? How did this affect global users and businesses? Well, let's ask the public broadcasting station to tell us, because, you know, they always say the truth, right? So let's listen to what they have to say. And its group of apps and social media channels went down for most of this day. William Brangham looks at the latest, all of it coming on the eve of another difficult congressional hearing for the social media giant. That's right, Judy. Um, Facebook's app and its website, along with Instagram and WhatsApp, went dark for several hours today. And at this moment, they appear to be slowly coming back up. The cause of the outages still haven't been explained. But for the more than 3 billion people in the United States and abroad who use these apps to communicate and to do business, these outages were a huge disruption and a reminder of these apps' influence. Shira Frankel of the New York Times reports on Facebook extensively and has been following this all day. She's the co-author of An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's Battle for Domination. Uh, Shira, great to have you back on the NewsHour. Can you help us understand what is it that happened today? So starting at about 9 a.m. Pacific today out here in California, Facebook and its family of apps went down. That includes Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus. These are platforms that, as you said, impact over 3.5 billion people. And for several hours, no one, including the security engineers at Facebook, knew what was going on. This was amplified by the fact that Facebook's own um, internal communications were down. So it wasn't just that we couldn't access Facebook.com. Facebook engineers couldn't get into their own emails and they couldn't even access their own buildings in many cases. Is there any evidence, I mean, this is what we always think of when these kinds of things happen nowadays, that this was a hack of some kind? At this point in time, we don't see evidence that this was a hack. We spoke to nearly a dozen engineers that are working within Facebook, many of them directly to fix this. And they said that it's extremely unlikely that a hack would be able to have this kind of impact, that it would take down all these Facebook apps at the same time. What was a lot more likely and what seems to have happened was that it was an internal update ruled out by Facebook that just went very badly and which it took them many, many hours to try and fix. 
Okay, for the skeptics out there who say, why are we even paying attention to this? Can you just remind us of the stakes here that billions of people use these apps and they're not just teenagers sharing pictures and videos of their friends? Absolutely. Well, we hope they're not just teenagers sharing pictures of them and their friends, given all the reporting the Wall Street Journal did last week on the effect of Instagram on teenagers. Facebook is largely used by businesses all over the world. We have to remember that in countries ranging from Sri Lanka to Myanmar to Indonesia, Facebook is the way people do business. And WhatsApp is a way that people do business. We spoke to shop owners all over the world today who said that their businesses were effectively shut down because people could not get to their Facebook pages and because they could not use WhatsApp to message people. We also spoke to people who couldn't reach family members, who couldn't reach elderly family members in other parts of the world because WhatsApp was down. So this is something that people use. It is is practically a utility um, in many parts of the world and in many people's lives. And as you say, that um, Facebook in many places is is in some places a a stand-in for the internet. It is the vehicle by which people get onto the internet. Um, this comes uh, for people who've been paying attention to this at an incredibly inopportune moment for Facebook. We saw last night. On 60 Minutes, a whistleblower came forward who you referenced who's been arguing that Facebook has not been doing enough to tamp down on some of the, what it knows to be damaging uh, impact that its website has on teenagers. Um, this also comes after a year plus of scrutiny about their behavior and whether they've cracked down on hate and misinformation that you reported in your book. Um, and then a hearing coming tomorrow on Capitol Hill. I mean, this is, they are in the crosshairs as much as possible on the very day that their website goes down. You couldn't really think of worse timing as far as Facebook is concerned for people to be going to Google and Twitter and putting in there what is wrong with Facebook or what is the problem with Facebook, because they're going to come back with hundreds of articles that were written in the last week pointing to really deep systemic problems within Facebook. You just touched on many of those in your question, the ways in which Instagram is bad for teenagers, the way in which Facebook as a platform has promoted hate speech and misinformation. These are things that journalists have been writing about for years. And as you noted, which we covered in our book, which came out this summer. But we now have a whistleblower who's come forward with internal documents showing that Facebook was sitting on research showing sorry, just how bad the platform was, just how many harms the platform was causing. And despite that research, they continued to make decisions which amplified hate speech, which increased the amount of misinformation people saw, and which marketed their product towards teenagers, which we know are incredibly sensitive to the harms of Instagram. Uh, I know that uh, this is not air traffic control, this is not missile defense, this is not a hospital, but as you said, there are plenty of examples in which Facebook is a vital ability for people to get onto the internet. But it is a little bit alarming, I think it is fair to say, that something as simple as this glitch that you're describing that could be what happened here could take down such a central part of the internet. Absolutely. And I think it shows us the danger of Facebook having such a large role to play in the infrastructure of the internet. I mean, one thing I, I hadn't said before, which people should also consider, is that many people use Facebook to log into other apps. They use it to log into their smart home systems, like their smart TVs or even their smart thermostats. So when Facebook went down, people couldn't access basic things around their house. I mean, this is a mega internet company that touches on so many different aspects of your lives. And in, in some way, it takes Facebook going down in this really sort of catastrophic and immense way for people to understand just how many parts of their lives this company touches on. 
Indeed. Um, Shira Frankel, always good to see you from the New York Times. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. New York Times, where we invent the news. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, you guys. Um, I will see you guys on the other side of this break. Paranoia is doomed. The PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push trucks to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belt wrapped around our minds, and endless red tape to keep the truth confined. All right, welcome back, everyone. So it's Monday, isn't it? It's the first Monday of October. Supreme Court is in session. Let's go to skate games begin. It's kind of incredible how things are coming up. So one thing I wanted to say is someone had shared, uh, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, how they were on air and they were talking about the NABF over in Manhattan, Kansas, and how important it is. Um, and suddenly, uh, you know, they were they had hijacked that show and the show never aired it on their podcast version, but live it was there. So it was over a week ago that I made the suggestion, hey, maybe we should all hijack these talk shows and tell them truth bombs. You know, like what's really going on. If they're talking about vaccines, we talk about Project Veritas, right? Remember, remember that combo? Remember that? Maybe we should all hijack the talk radios. It's kind of funny. That's really, really happening. Again, it's just a coincidence, of course. Let's just, right? That's what's up. <laughs> We're the damn news. And what you're also seeing is that I was right. Uh, and I'm not saying it to gloat. Okay, I'm not saying it to gloat. I'm trying to point out when I went off on those America First audits, right? It was very important that I point out that it's controlled opposition, that their whole point was to dilute your message, dilute your efforts, right? And said they replicated the the TTT roll call. They created it. Then they poached a lot of people from your state groups, the ones that had like a hard on to, to wear a title and tiara. 
And not only that, you know, people's true color show. I remember that like in the Nevada group, people were like, oh, you should bring back Phantom Mama. She's so great. And then she posted some shit that made no sense. I was like, damn, now can you see that that was the right thing? AFA is not your friend, right? Patrick Byrne came out, said he has nothing to do with it. Then everyone's like, oh, they're working with this. Professor Clements called them out. And then uh, Lynn Wood called them out. No one's working with them. Guess what? Spider was working with them, right? Spider, right? The guy that was at the cyber symposium. Yeah, right? Okay. Pay attention. Pay attention. So I was right. Everybody else was wrong. And then they all started saying the same thing. So, you know, that salty Lulu person and whatnot. It's so bad that people like MJ, you know, those channels, MJ Truth, fuck you, Truth My Ass, and other ones have autobots to remove anyone that has the word Tory in it. Anything, if you use the word Tory like I tore my pants, right? It's banned. These are the people that are claiming free speech. You won't get banned on my channel unless you're talking shit. And the only time that I will ban you is if you're selling fucking coins and you're sitting there talking smack. I didn't even ban Phantom Mama who was talking shit to me. I actually shared her post. Okay? You want to talk shit? Let's do it in public. If you don't have the balls to say the things you say behind my back to my face and in front of everybody else's face, then you shouldn't be saying it. Uh, that's the way it is. If I'm talking smack about someone, you sure as know I could say it straight to their face too. So, uh, I posted a few screenshots that you guys have seen from those channels. The more you have, the more we should share so people can see how censorship works. Censorship is very important, right? Censorship is the indication of tyranny and communism and yan yan totalitarianism. I mean, those are tools. And when you see people claiming that they're all pro America, pro First Amendment, pro Second Amendment, um, it's like, hmm, then why are you banning? And why are you banning someone that's pro-America? I saw a lot of people give me crap because I shared Professor Clement's post. Like, is he a good guy, a bad guy? Just because I'm sharing their shit doesn't mean that I vouch for any of them unless I say it, you know? Um, pretty much, right? I'll share the stuff. I may not like someone. I may like someone. I may loathe someone. Th looking at them may make me sick right? I may have called them out for being losers, but if they're sharing content that's important that you guys should see, I will totally share it because information is information. And that's what we're about, right? Being informed and knowing things, not silencing. So, um, it's, it's quite important, right? Because I don't want to put a bot on my channel, which I'm seeing a lot of them, not bad ones, but I think someone's like writing script bots. They're constantly responding to my comments. So, you know, whenever I see them, I, 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 I ban and delete them from the channel. And I'm not talking the coin stuff because I don't want to have to put a bot that deletes links, right? Cause sometimes good information comes with links and you don't want to ban it. Right. So, you know, kind of like people are like, Garrett's channel bans you. And it's like, maybe you put a link or something. That's what he says. Okay. Because I've, I've, I work with Garrett on the, on the Hunter Biden stuff. Like it's not a secret. So it's like, whatever, you know, it's just, I don't want to do that, but I just want to showcase how people work and how 
These people are not your friend. They're not telling you the truth and they don't want you to see the truth. They just want you to see them because it's all about money. It's all about that coin, coin, right? Coins, coins, coins. That's all coins. It's kind of sad. It's really, really sad. But, you know, I wanted to talk about aliens tonight and not, not, wait, not too much, just a little bit. I, I want to understand, I want to convey the understanding of the concept because there's a lot of people that self-proclaim themselves experts. <laughs> Some people that claim that they have wives that are that tall. But, you know, we need to dispel a few things, right? We need to, we need to understand the history of this. So Tucker did a great segment just a couple days ago on aliens. So we're going to start with that. House Representatives just passed a defense bill, <clears throat> excuse me, that will cost more than $770 billion. We told you about it previous nights this week. Some of it is hard to defend, but some of it is worthwhile and some of it is interesting. So the bill includes a provision to create a permanent office under the defense secretary that will be tasked with investigating reports of UFOs. That office would, quote, carry out on a department-wide basis the mission currently performed by the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Interesting. It's unclear if the Senate will approve that provision. We'll be watching. Luella Zondo led the Pentagon Secret UFO Task Force for years. He joins us tonight to assess. So thanks so much for coming on. So what would this do if it becomes law and do we need it? Yeah, Tucker, this this is really historic. Yes. First of all, we absolutely need it. It's, it's a long time coming. Frankly, we should have had it decades ago, if you ask me. Uh, but it's, it is historic, and it's historic for several reasons. Um, in this obscure five pages that most people may not be aware of, it really says a lot. In fact, it, 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 first of all, it creates an environment where it disestablishes the UAP task force, which was a temporary capability to begin with, and solidifies a permanent capability. Two, it also forces the Secretary of Defense to report on an annual basis to Congress what we've learned about UAPs. Three, it also requires us to now work with our international friends and allies. That's a big deal. And if that wasn't a big deal enough, uh, two other items that I found very interesting. Uh, number four is that it, uh, and you kind of broke this story a few years ago, it requires any recovered material associated with UAPs to finally be reported to Congress. And then last but not least, it also requires uh, the government to report to Congress any adverse medical effects that are that have been encountered by our our pilots who may have come up close and personal to these UAPs. So that suggests there have been adverse medical effects that American servicemen have been hurt by proximity to these to these objects. Yeah, it su actually suggests two things. It suggests that uh, what you just said that pilots may have have actually suffered medical consequences uh, adversely, but also that there is recovered material. Uh, and that recovered material may be in the possession of the U.S. government. So does anybody that you're aware of in the Pentagon believe, sincerely believe that these objects are part of the Russian or Chinese military or that they're, that they're foreign military aircraft? I mean, honestly, if you were to ask them off the record, no. I think the consensus is that this isn't Russian or Chinese technology. Of course, you still have to keep that door open just a crack. Uh, and I think it helps have the conversation, helps socialize it initially to especially some folks who are just now actually hearing about this for the very first time. Uh, as, as crazy as it sounds, 
there are still people when you say, hey, have you heard about the UAP issue that we're encountering off the coast of California or over in the Middle East? Uh, they're saying, no, what are you talking about? So yeah. unfortunately, you still have to keep that part of the conversation open. But I think the general consensus is that we're dealing with something else. Yeah, something else. I mean, why is this not the biggest story ever of our lifetimes? And, and of course it is. Lou Elizondo, thank you so much. <laughs> UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Phenomena. Well, you know, Tucker isn't the only one talking about it. In the past couple of days, everyone has. Well, mainstream media too. Yep. Here on the Today Show, this was in Australia. You guys should listen to this. I'm just saying patterns, right? That's plagued humankind for centuries, totally alone in the universe. Now a new series is exploring the truth behind the existence of extraterrestrial life, government cover-ups, and shocking eyewitness accounts of alien encounters. When I look in the sky at night, I've got the knowledge that there's something out there. The New York Times story changed everything. Whether you accept it or not, some people actually saw this stuff. Imagine if it was acknowledged that UFOs exist. Our own divisions would suddenly feel so much smaller. The real needs to get ready for what's about to happen. It's called UFO, and we're joined now by John Greenwald, a UFO enthusiast who's featured in the series. John, thanks for joining us. You've been involved in investigating extraterrestrial phenomena since you were 15 years old. How did you get involved in this? Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it, it was simply curiosity. Uh, it is something that has always been in my mind. What you know? What is the truth? Okay, I don't want to be mean, but he was probably part of George Norrie's dating thing. You know how he had like the paranormal dating app for nerds? Like, this is the dude. He's like so excited that he's like a specialist with the fake um, skull in the background. <laughs> That's not what they look like. Stop it. All right. So let's take a listen to what he has to say. No more poking fun at him because he seems like a nice guy. But I just, I, for some reason, the minute I saw his face, I'm like, was he part of that paranormal dating app that Nori deployed? Behind this phenomena? Is it alien? And I, when I was 15, started researching it, never once thinking that here we are 25 years later and I'd still be doing it uh, and, and uh, taking it very seriously because it's a really important topic. I never thought that, but here I am uh, just simply because it is, is fascinating. I wish I had an encounter of some kind, but uh, curiosity is definitely my driving factor. Yeah, we can understand that. It is fascinating. In 2017, of course, there was that bombshell New York Times article, which really did change everything, revealing that the Pentagon had been secretly tracking UFOs for years after after many more years of government denial. This was kind of explosive, an explosive revelation, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of my research over the, at the time, 22 years or so was really focused on showing that there was a, not only cover up, but that they were actually looking into UFOs, but saying the opposite. In 2017, that was the explosive revelation when it came out that they were taking it seriously, you know, and there were some that were like, see, we told you the evidence is there. Uh, while, while most of the general public found out for the first time, Hey, 
This phenomena is absolutely real. It is something that they just cannot explain. And it's something that they are taking seriously. Uh, you have levied uh, many Freedom of Information Act requests at the CIA and accessed millions of government documents regarding UFOs that have since been released through your website, Black Vault. Is is there damning evidence amongst these files? I mean, what, what do we need to know? There absolutely is damning evidence of a cover-up. Uh, the United States government and United States military has maintained or tried to for many, many decades that they were not concerned about this phenomena and that they felt with adequate evidence they could explain everything. The reality, the evidence shows they can't. And even though they're talking about it a little bit more openly now, the history behind this stretches back well more than a half a century. And that evidence proves the phenomena is real. They can't explain it. It's not military technology in most of the cases where the United States military, which is often blamed for being the cause of UFOs, is clueless. They have no idea what it is either. So the question mark is, what is it? So the evidence is overwhelming. This phenomena is absolutely something to be taken seriously and something that has not gone away. The Can stories have stayed and remained for many, many decades. I wish we had so much time with you because it's absolutely fascinating. But I just wonder if you could tell us quickly, what is the most convincing piece of evidence that you've seen? You know, it, it, for me, it's the collective amount of evidence. But, but very quickly, in a nutshell, one particular case, which was the first government document I read, uh, happened in 1976. So it was a little while ago. But even after this passage of time, there's nothing to explain a UFO that was seen over Tehran. Multiple UFOs were seen coming out of it. One of them even went towards the ground and either landed or did something near the ground, but Barack, also Barack, strategically Barack. shut down two separate F-4 Phantom jets. So it, it, it definitely shows intelligent control and highly advanced technology. And even though, again, we think, oh, well, this was the 1970s. Maybe this was something, you know, we can easily explain. That, to me, is one of the more fascinating aspects because we can't. Even after all this time, there's nothing that can account for what happened. Now, that's a very tight nutshell version of it because I know you're, you're limited a, a little bit on mm -hmm. time. But that's only one out of literally thousands of cases that you can look at that have been docu documented in U.S. government files mm. that lack any explanation whatsoever. There you go. Definitely something going on up there. John, we really do appreciate you coming on our program. And sorry again for the interruption. Thank you. I can't wait Not to a see problem. the show. UFO available to stream right now on Paramount+. Plus. Ooh, stream UFO because they're really going to tell you the good stuff there. Like what they look like, how they are, how they're like totally new or how we need to protect ourselves from, you know, there's like a bunch of theories, right? Let's, let's just talk about these theories with the vaccine. One, it's like Bill Gates and all these evil, you know, clowns, right? Want to kill a bunch of people so they can control them more. But remember these people that are wanting to control you, these puppets that you see in the office, like Clinton Gates, they all have one foot in the grave. They're above 60, all right? What the fuck are they going to control for five years? Some of them are 80. What are they going to control? Think. So that's one. The other one is, oh my gosh, they're all, uh, everyone who's going to be vaccinated will be sacrificed to the aliens that are coming and they're going to eat them all, right? <laughs> so that's another one. And the other one is, they're getting rid of the majority of the population in order to bring in the new age. So these are all theories going around, right? Tons of theories. 
But um, it's kind of interesting because even another show started talking about aliens. Uh, this was on this morning, right? Uh, so it was pretty, it's pretty weird that this is an ongoing theme. I want you guys to pay attention to what they're telling you everywhere. That includes mainstream, right stream, whatever you want to call it, regardless. It's still propaganda. It's still a movie. So what are they priming you for? It's uh, the age-old question, are we alone in the universe? Well, according to a recent survey published by the Daily Star for their new Spaced Out campaign, 36% of Brits believe aliens live amongst us. And our next guest, Happy Monday's frontman, Sean Ryder, says he's had numerous encounters with aliens and believes we should all take extraterrestrial life a little more seriously. Good morning. Morning. I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this conversation, but your, your experience of sort of strange goings-on happened when you were young. When you're about 15. Yeah, 15. My first one, uh, on my way, I was a messenger boy for the post office. Believe it or not, I signed official secret sets and all that lot. Did you? Yeah, yeah. That's and, a whole uh, other chat. I know, innit? So I'm, I'm going, and there's a kid that used to get on the same bus when I was going into town. He was a grammar school kid, and we're walking towards the bus stop. I don't know why we looked up, but we looked up. And then we just saw these things zigzagging about, which has now become the norm of the, the zigzag sort of thing and it stays there and it flashes and it zigzags and shoots off and we watched that. For and the other guy that you were with saw it as well? Oh yeah, the kids saw it as well, yeah, the school boy. And you were how old? Well, I was 15, right. messenger boy, just started work at, at, as a messenger boy and... Uh, yeah. And what did you do? Did you straight away Long go? Long before, you know, all my encounters well, with Hulk. I was going to say, because there's going to be people watching this and go, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah. We know what he was like back in the day. But you were 15, so yeah. you were way too young for all of that. Oh, I think the strongest thing I'd ever seen was Lebanese. Right, fine. That so that's yeah. good. I'm glad we But you say that. they, they, you didn't go looking for them. They sought you out. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, once, 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 uh, you know, once you start seeing something, I mean, at first I'm, I'm having to really think about this because this is telling me not this, you know. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, because when I started seeing other things, I mean, you know, I, I went, I, I really went to, to get things checked out, you know, because when you start hallucinating on things, then you could be losing your eyesight. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a common thing I think was covered on Coronation Street with the character Johnny there going, you know, blind and seeing his son. So when this sort of thing starts happening, you know, the, you know, you think, well, am I, is this happening to me? So, well, no, I'm not going blind. I wasn't hallucinating. So, so what did you see? Well, the first, when we go back now to about 2013, I think it was, when we was making the UFO documentary, uh, for the Disney Channel or whatever it was. And I, we'd been filming in South America. I get home. I've been home a couple of days and I wake up. And again, it's seven o'clock in the morning, around about that time. And I get up. And then, because it's not that anything landed in the back garden, but I looked out in my back garden and over my apple tree, there's this big, well, when I say big, about 24 by 10, 10 foot, 20 foot plastic airfix looking wobbly thing, right? That looked like it was hanging there on strings because it was moving like that, right? And I'm thinking, production and having me at it here. They've mocked <laughs> some sort of, you know, airfix 
<laughs> model up, built it out of plastic, you know, those battleship parts. And yeah, like yeah. That, and mop one of these up, right? So I'm slapping myself stupid, you know. What's this? And I'm watching this, and it's there, wobbling about. And it was also, I don't, when I was a kid and the buses used to stop at a bus stop, the bus used to make this ding, 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 ding. Dink noise, right? When it was stopped to, to let him pass. Well, this sort of dink, 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 dink noise, I could hear it, right? And it was also like this sort of a buzz of energy, right? That you could feel. Nothing heavy, just like this sort of buzz. And I'm watching this thing and it started to make cloud, right? And at the back of my house, we've got about one and a half football field, something like that, maybe a full football field, right? This thing started to move, and as it's moving really slowly, it started to make cloud, right? And I'm hearing the dink, 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 and I'm punching myself and slapping myself, and I'm looking at my missus thinking, I'm going to wake her up now and say, look at this, and she's going to kill me because she's not ready for getting up. So do I wake her up or not? And am I hallucinating? So... Anyway, I just watched it and it just got the cloud got bigger and bigger and it went off really slow. But it what? sounds the way you describe it, it sounds like, you know, it's like the Dell boy of aliens. That, that, that something that's like a the ramshackle airfix thing hanging over your tree. Mm. How did that get from the far flung corners of the universe? Well, how do we know? How do we know? To me, it looked like it was made out of plastic, right? It couldn't have been made out of plastic. It's got to be made out of something. You know, and then if you've got something that's hovering there, right, and it can move like it moves and goes through dimensions or whatever these things do, however it's built, it's, you know, it's something that we've not seen before. So if it looks a bit unstable on the outside, that's not to say it's unstable on the inside. I have no idea, but this thing didn't look like it could handle being in a bath for half an hour. Can I ask you then, why do you think, why do you think they, A, they keep coming to find you? And does it make you feel scared? Like if I saw something like that in my garden. Yeah. I think I'd be a bit scared. I'd be thinking they're coming for me. Coming for what? I mean, that, well, exactly. You know, at the but end why of the day, you got, I mean, it. it's like you, you've got to put yourself in that position if you was back in, you know, 1895 and someone plugged in a television. You yeah. Know, and so, you know, to me, you know, I'm not being eaten. I don't think we're having the world to cover. I'm not even sure that these things was alien. They, you know, I could, it could, it could have been something, our technology. Bingo. So it could have been something, our technology, kind of watching, planting for people that may or may not have seen something. See, we looked at the element of niobium and how it can reflect light and change colors. And it's quite light. But when put in with graphene, <laughs> it's kind of different. And the tinking sound sounds like what would happen when they're sonar type waves. And uh, since I have a Tesla, I can tell you that when the car actually pulls between two vehicles, I can hear the tinkling on the side of other vehicles. So I just wanted to uh, point that out. But wait, I just wanted you to, to see a man who is obviously uh, being targeted as one that had spoken about this before and remember he was working on a ufo documentary and when we want people to say the things we want them to say then we make sure that they see things we want them to talk about but what about demi lovato what tori yeah demi lovato she was on a couple days ago 
talking about the same thing. Tell us about Unidentified. This series appeals to me. I would love for everyone to see the show because uh, it is so important that we learn the meaning behind expanding our consciousness. I believe that we can make contact with other beings and other civilizations if we expand our consciousness. So that you can do that through meditating, reading books, journaling, all of that good stuff. And this show is basically about that. I started meditating and, um, and researching a lot about myself and trying to expand my consciousness during quarantine. And I had some pretty cool things happen. And so I decided to make a show about it. And we're me, my best friend, Matthew Scott Montgomery, and my sister, Dallas, we go and we look for UFOs in the desert. That's incredible. Wow. And you <laughs> camp together and you live we, outside? or We didn't camp and we didn't um, stay outside, but we did go to four different places that okay. were UFO hotspots. Okay. And we stayed out there pretty late and uh, saw some really cool things. Were you ever afraid of being out there in the dark? <laughs> I'm never afraid when I'm out there in the dark, not of beings. Right. I'm afraid of other humans and like snakes, snakes. and snakes. <laughs> I'm afraid of snakes. All earthly things. Yeah. I'm terrified. Of. Wait, there's more. They're constantly talking about this as if they're trying to get us ready for something. I'm not understanding. Wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> this is from. Which one is this? This is uh, NBC News, NBC2 News. Take a listen to this one. And this is just a few days ago again. Believe in aliens. A recent government report doesn't confirm or deny the existence of alien spacecraft. Out of the 144 UFO sightings, the government says all but one are unexplainable. So are we alone or are those who have seen a UFO now feel validated? We sent NC2's Evan Dean to find out. At Paradise Hobbies off Colonial. Toys from kids that are two to 90. You could yeah. say owner Mick Davis so. is an expert in identified flying objects. We sell electric planes, uh, nitro planes. Some of them are scaled down from the Cessna 172 all the way down to the Cherokee. Davis also dabbles in drones and says because of these, there's more stuff in the sky than ever before. But if you start talking UFOs and the possibility of aliens. Oh, no, I don't buy that. Are they real? Uh, you have to prove it to me. And obviously that's going to be hard to prove. A rewind through the NBC2 archive reveals not everyone is as skeptical. They were just like uh, white lights, small in size, you know, and they were maybe 50 foot above the water. Odd sightings over the years, some explained, some not, have long had people wondering, what's out there? That is awesome. Listen, I'm not nuts. I've lived here almost my entire life. I've never seen anything like this. The U.S. government wants to know what's out there, too. <laughs> They've been investigating these unusual, unidentified flying objects. There's a whole fleet of them. These videos, captured by the military over the past two decades. Whoa, it's getting close. But in a highly anticipated report recently released, few answers. The government says it cannot explain all but one of the dozens of flying objects. The majority of us in this field expected to have it come out exactly the way it did, saying not much of anything. Denise Stoner is with the Florida branch of the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON. 
which investigates unusual sightings, among other things. She's skeptical of the government's report. I think that what they put out is what they feel the public can accept comfortably. In the report, the government blames a lack of data for their lack of answers, saying the objects could be the result of sensor errors. The report does not mention aliens or even offer that as a possible explanation. You believe, obviously, of these 143, there is the chance that some, some of them could be extraterrestrial. Yes, I know there are. <laughs> Our government is now working to improve data reporting on UFOs to get clearer answers. Splashed. Mark bearing range. After all, there are possible safety and security concerns at play here. Oh, it's oh, 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 <laughs> For now, the debate over extraterrestrial life will remain exactly that, a debate. Those who believe and those like McDavis who simply don't. A drone hovering that is using geofencing and mapping and self-leveling. It can do a full 360 turn. So there you go. There's your UFO. For the NBC2 investigators, I'm Evan Dean. See, I'd be all game for those, you know, UFOs being flipped about in their drones, but there's very strong legislation on drones, and drones aren't that big. But one thing people need to remember is that the United States of America is connected to the whole world. And by understanding that, you understand that when there's information and intelligence and um, whistleblower complaints released, it would cause worldwide, if not massive, suffering. And while I love to share information and I value um, open source, um, people need to understand that uh, there are things that I cannot put out um, or explicitly state because the value of life matters more. I just want to put out that disclaimer um, for you so you understand. Um, I'm going to share another video. This one is just from a few days ago. Again, think of why the distraction is happening now, why they're talking about this hot topic right now on all sides of the media. Okay, this is from Jimmy Fallon. Okay, take a listen. Put it on. Oh, it's so, so good, good to be out of my house. <laughs> I mean, with the full audience, how's that? Oh feel? My God, I mean, it come feels on. so good. Does, I right? didn't know how much I needed it. Yeah, right. We need it. Uh, I, I want to get into the book, but I have a, a bigger thing I want to talk to you about. It's very uh, exciting for me because I, I, this is real. You. We're going in. We're going to go in. You had an experience with a UFO. Yes, I did. I did. Yes. Um, so Walking through it, what, what, did, what, did you know that you were going to have this experience? I what did you? not know, as many people don't. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge alien uh, paranormal conspiracist. That, that's like my hobby. It's like I, I love that more than anything else in the world. Yeah. And I was just I was in the middle of Hollywood um, and I was walking down Santa Monica Boulevard. Nighttime, daytime. Daytime. Middle, middle of the day. Daytime UFO. Daytime. Daytime UFO. Yeah. Um, and um, so it, uh, I, I just saw this thing hovering in the sky. And I remember looking up thinking like, this can't be real. Like, like I want this too much. You know? Yeah. yeah you, know, is... you know, like, like. There's, there's, like, yeah, come on. Yeah, there's, like, there's no, and so, so I, I whipped out my camera and, and it was, it was, it was like a cylinder shape and it was, it was not moving with the wind. It was moving kind of like, kind of like, almost like a dog's tail, 
just like this, this hovering, you know, several hundred like say, feet above you, me. You, this is a UFO. So say that's it's, UFO. It's, yeah. So it was just, it was just, it was just, okay, I'm, I'm trying to do Vertical? this. Not, this is going to look phallic. Um, All right. But basically like this. Yeah. yeah so it's that. Yeah, yeah. Am I turning you on? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so it's not this way. It was not this way. No, no. It was, it was, it was, it was. Sorry, get your mind. It was, it was happy to see me. <laughs> We're talking about UFOs here. So well, yeah. So it's it like almost uh, missile-like. Missile, yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and it was, it was very, um, it was, it, it wasn't a balloon because it was very bottom-heavy, like like myself. Um, and so, <laughs> give me that, give me that. So anyway, but yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I caught a video of it, and um, and yeah, I think we have it. Chris brought the video. This is unbelievable. This is real footage of Chris Colfer's UFO sighting. Take a look at this. I see it. it Wait, I see this. I mean, very creepy. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. That's wild that you saw it and yeah. you're like, wait, and yeah. you, you, you thought enough to bring your phone right out. right and I, I sent it to everyone i knew and like you, you would have thought i won like a pollster because everyone was like oh chris congratulations you, <laughs> you've been working for this for so long god has a plan god has a plan <laughs> god has a plan uh and i, I believe it i believe it's a ufo uh i want to talk about your your, your book uh tale of sorcery uh this is your 18th book mm -hmm. congrats God has a plan, and it was a UFO. I hope you heard that. God has a plan, and it was a UFO. And these, how much time did they? They take up all of your. This is years of work, and like, yeah. And 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 do you have like deadlines you have to get to? And a lot of deadlines, yeah. yeah um, and uh, yeah, no, it, it is a lot of work, and it requires so much self discipline. And I think um, uh, I, I'm I'm wrapping up. Uh, the, the, it's a trilogy, and I'm I'm wrapping up the trilogy. So they just told you what the plan is. See, if you pay attention, they tell you everything. One, for the past seven days, all channels at some point have referred to UFOs. And now Fallon makes it clear the plan is a UFO. You have to learn their communications in order to understand and be able to see what's coming. Um, so you have to think, why now? Why now are they bringing this narrative? So what would it be? Now, you know, a lot of people are dismissing, losers are dismissing Pandora's box, right? I will not be speaking about my trip down to Central America at the time, but I have talked about the Panama Papers or what they call the Pandora Papers, but what that does is pull pants down completely, exposing players. I don't know why our media here, more your alt media are the losers that apparently know what's going on and give you all this bullshit, why they haven't discussed these. These are, they're a very big deal. And this treasure trove 
is quite massive. And you would say, well, they're still alive. They haven't been targeted like Julian Assange. They, 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 they. But what you should do is kind of look around for Finesca in uh, Tori said and listen to that show. I posted a few. I've talked about it. I've explained just how important these are. Because if you think that our local politics are run locally, geographically within the United States, you still have no idea what is happening. Now, again, a lot of information cannot be clearly stated. It's kind of like digesting food. This is how you digest information. You may believe that you are ready to hear it or see it, but you're not. And, and, and a great example of that is, well, look at what you were listening to six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, and thought it was correct. Your eyes and your ears were not primed. They can only understand what you are able to comprehend. Now, while many of you feel that you are an awakened stage, no one would ever take the responsibility to ever clearly state things. I would never do it, ever. Though, I can demonstrate, and then you can draw your conclusions based on factual information. So, again, again, why are they talking extraterrestrials? Or is it terrestrials that are just not, you know... You know, I really wanted to watch that really warm-hearted film. Maybe, wait, tomorrow's Tuesday. You know what? Tomorrow, uh, I'll start the show a little bit earlier, and we can have a quick movie night with a fine, happy, light-hearted movie, um, which has a little bit of disclosure in it. I mean, I know who wrote that script, um, which is pretty cool. It's like a rom-com, funny, not so much um, actors you don't know. Um, kind of thing. And I think it would be kind of awesome for you to understand it. But what you also have to understand is <clears throat> there's a lightheartedness about this. A lot of people don't believe that there's more um, to whatever their existence is now. A lot of people don't believe um, that such things would happen. And there are many that believe that, you know, some random object would appear with someone from, I mean, think of it. How close is the closest star we have? I'm just saying. How close is it? You have to think about that. How close is the closest star we have from what they say? And wait a minute. Why are we investigating other planets? Have we investigated our domain, our biodome? Have we investigated that? Because no, we haven't. We have territory that we're not allowed to go to yet. And the question should be why? Why are we exploring supposedly other planets and other areas of this, you know, infinite universe if we haven't even explored our own domain? That's a question everyone should be asking themselves. Why? Why, why, why? Why, 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 why? Now, having said that, the why, the why would answer all your questions. The thing is, you're not getting the answer to the why. You know, there's oceans we haven't explored, right? 
We don't have accurate maps. There are many places in what has been put down by cartographers that we can access. So these are all questions that should be answered. I guess with the second part of Antarctica, the second Antarctica show that I would do would probably give a little bit more on that. Because after I did Antarctica, about a couple weeks later, all the decoders decided to do Antarctica too. And they just were like really reaching for shit um, just to make contact. You know, so again, they're not that far. I mean, we're already here. People just don't see it. And that's because they expect something completely different when it's not. And that's the problem. I'm going to play 10 minutes of a very old speech. I just want you guys to listen to it. This trial comes at a moment when man's power to achieve good or to inflict evil surpasses the, the brightest hopes and the sharpest fears of all ages. We can turn rivers in their courses, level mountains to the plains, ocean and land and sky are avenues for our colossal commerce. Disease diminishes and life lengthens. Yet the promise of this life is imperiled by the very genius that has made it possible. Nations amass wealth, labor sweats to create, and turns out devices to level not only mountains, but also cities. Science seems ready to confer upon us as its final gift, the power to erase human life from this planet. As such Having said that, we're going to pause it right there. That was former President Eisenhower, who had a really interesting dentist appointment at some point. And um, in my books... He's a hero because he mitigated a lot of things today, back then. On that note, I'm going to wish you guys a fantastic evening. We're going to go and uh, end today's show with um, an old Tom McDonald video. One of my favorites. God bless everyone. I admit it, I'm afraid they gon' kill me for this Probably put me in my grave for the lyrics I spit It's been the truth and all the secrets they covering If I die, it was big pharma or government been putting too much truth in my songs They gon' stage a suicide and say I chose to move on Probably cutting my brakes so when I cure too long I'll die in a crash, say I was driving and drunk Look, the Illuminati real They're trying to make you dumb, trying to numb you out with pills Trying to make you broke, trying to tell you it's a deal Processing your food so now none of it is real You eating super good but you still be getting ill You working super hard but you still can't pay the bills Silencing the visionaries, revising the dictionaries Now you just can't find the right words to say and express how you feel Target on my back, I think they're Coming for my head, I know I recognize that then I bet they wanna see me dead They're gonna kill me if I leave my room They're gonna kill me if I go too soon You should know, said they would kill me I admit it, I'm afraid they gon' murder me Wouldn't be a problem if nobody ever heard of me But I'm famous, so they'll probably try erasing me with urgency Infect me with a sickness and deny me any surgery Stop me from exposing all the medicine and currency And terrorism always been controlling us so perfectly I'm telling you a certainty, they say it's for security They monitor our lives, we live in Nazi Germany They wanna microchip all the people, you don't believe it Your fingerprint unlocking your phone, oh how convenient They trick you to believe in all the angels and demons And say you'll go to hell if you ever 
go disappoint Jesus. I got a backbone and a platform and a tap phone. Never asked for it to be that known. Take my passport to my dad's boat. Use the back door to escape this place. It's the Truman Show. Target on my back, I think they're coming for my head I know I recognize that man, I bet they wanna see me dead They're gonna kill me, if I leave my room They're gonna kill me, if I go too soon You should know, said they would kill me I admit me. it, I'm afraid I'll disappear They won't issue me a ticket for a minor misdemeanor They gon' try to lock me up before the moment while I'm here Just let me take a minute to make sure you see it clear Cancer has a cure, they killed Biggie and Pop one thing I know for sure, 9-11 was an inside job They stamped dollar bills, within God we trust Well, a single dollar bill, the only thing we got I think they probably think they got us fooled Distort the information and curriculums at school They ain't making you a scholar, man, they're making you a fool They're making you a felon if you choose to break the rules They designed a game with a million ways to lose Not a single way to win, only option you can choose Is to play it with a grin, or you play it feeling blue Either way the wheel spin, you won't ever make a move They gon' kill me for this Target on my back, I think they're coming for my head I know I recognize that man I bet they wanna see me dead They're gonna kill me If I leave my room They're gonna kill me If I go too soon You should know Said they would kill me Hey baby, um I just walked in the house Did, did you leave the door open by chance? I don't know, the door was open no, I just walked up and the door was like open a crack. Yo, they're in the house! Babe! They're in the house! Target on my back, I think they're coming for my head. I know I recognize that man, I bet they wanna see me dead. They're gonna kill me if I leave my room. They're gonna kill me if I go too soon. You should know, said they would kill me.